God, I love this film. Anyways, after pausing season one due to personal issues and having a break, I'm now back. And if honesty be a virtue, I've been wanting to put out this episode for a number of weeks. I know, I know, how silly of me. But, you know, we're back and we're better than ever. So without further ado... Alright, let's do this one last time. Alright, people, let's start at the beginning one last time. Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? For real this time. This is it. Hi, I'm Jay, and welcome to my podcast. On today's episode of Six One Life, we're going to be going through a subject which I think has been trending, and it's coming back. People were talking about it. And I thought I'd just give my input in it. So, grab yourself some drinks, snacks, and make yourself comfy. Because this is season two, episode one of the Sixth Form Life. So, for the past God knows how long, I've had no ideas on what to do for this episode until I re remembered that the Oscar nominations have come through. So, we're going to talk about them. Alongside this, I'm also going to talk about who I think would win and why I think they'll win and my just genuine opinions. So let's get into it. Starting with the first award. Here are the nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. So for this year's nominees, we have Javier Bardem in Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch in The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith in King Richard, and Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Now from first glance, you can tell that these are people that have been in the industry for a while with both Andrew Garfield and Benedict Cumberbatch being most known for their Marvel characters, alongside Denzel Washington being most known for The Equalizer, Will Smith being known for his role in The Prince of Bel-Air, and Javier Bardem being known for No Country for Old Men. Now, personally, I think that this award should go to Andrew Garfield. After being out of the limelight for so long, Andrew literally pulled the whole cast's weight. Like... Not to say the rest of the cast was shit or anything, because they were incredible also. I just feel as though Andrew really, like, went in and researched and, you know, put his heart and soul into trying to uphold this uh, expectation of Jonathan Larson himself. You know, Jonathan was a legend. Jonathan was a genius. And he really shows it through this. And the way that he's done it is incredible. Plus, can we also appreciate the fact that Andrew Garfield literally looks like Jonathan Larson? On top of that, despite the fact that Andrew's been in the theatre limelight a couple of times, this is his musical debut. There is literally a story that states that when Lin-Manuel Miranda, the director of Tick Tick Boom, heard Andrew Garfield sing, he went and threw a shoe at him and yelled at him that he could sing. Like, even he was surprised. And for those who haven't seen Tick Tick Boom yet, here's a clip of Andrew Garfield singing the opening song, 
So in conclusion, I think that the award for an actor in a leading role should go to Andrew Garfield! Next we have the nominees for the award of actress in a leading role. And the nominees are as follows. Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Colman in The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos. And Kristen Stewart in Spencer. And the person who I think that should win this award is Nicole Kidman. Now the reason why that I think Nicole Kidman should win this award is that she put in so much effort and put in so much hard work to get this role and get it right and I think she done it a lot of justice. And to prove my point, here is a clip from Being the Ricardos called Guess Who It Is? Lucy guesses some names. Yes, teasingly. And the script indicates that Ricky takes his hands away from Lucy's eyes, turns her around and says, No, it's me. So my question again, Jess, does Ricky honestly, truly believe that there might be eight different men who routinely walk into their apartment, all of whom sound exactly like Desi Arnaz? You think we're saying Ricky's stupid? I think you're saying the audience is. And that's something for which they won't soon forgive you. And that, people, is why I think that the award for an actress in a leading role should go to Nicole Kidman. Next, we have the award for an actor in a supporting role. And these are the nominees. Kieran Hines in Belfast. Troy Kotzel in Coda. Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos. And Cody Smith-McPhee in Power of the Dog. Now, for me, it's in between two people. And... If for any reason one happens to get it and the other doesn't, I couldn't really care. But personally, I think that the award for actor in a supporting role should go to Cody Smith-Murphy. Now, the reason why I believe that Cody should get the actor in a supporting role award is that Cody's rendering of his character within The Powder Dog is just... It's not something you see. It homes in on all these little aspects, which, not gonna lie, you see more in book characters than you do film characters, if that makes any sense. And it's just those undertones and subtleties that Cody is able to emulate is just incredible. And to help visualise what I mean, here is a clip of Cody Smith McPhee playing his character within The Power of the Dog. Oh yeah, well, I wonder what little lady made these. Actually, I did, sir. My mother was a florist, so I made them to look like the ones in our garden. Oh, well, do pardon me. They're just as real as possible. Mm. Ah, now, gentlemen, look, see, that's what you do with the cloth. It's really just for wine drips. Oh, got that, boys. Only for the drip. <laughs> now get us some food. And that is why I think that the award for actor in a supporting role should go to Cody Smith McPhee. Now moving on to the next Oscar category, the award for an animated feature film. And these are the nominees. Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. 
Now, for any reason, if any of these win, I can understand why. Because every single one of these films are absolutely incredible. But if I was to pick one film that should win the award, Encanto takes it out of the ballpark. Now, one of the main reasons that I think that Encanto should win the award is because not only does it approach a cultural side of things, but it also tackles the idea of mental stability and reputation within the family. Now, one of the things that makes this film different compared to most Disney films is that it's not working on a set plot line, meaning that the actual plot of the film is quite smaller than what you'd expect. Like, there's no old-time fairy tale magical quest that this character has to go on. Like, the genuine synopsis of this film is about a family, the Madrigal family, who have been blessed with these miracles. That is genuinely it with most, if not all of the film, on growing from that. Which makes it one of those films that is so easy to relate to, especially regarding Disney, because this isn't a film about, you know, these fantasy quests and people having to go on reckless journeys to get something and end up kissing the girl or anything. This isn't like that. This film is about family and your place within it. And I think this is one of the reasons as to why this film is so relatable because it shows all the different types of people in families. And to have that dynamic within a film is just really wonderful. But like even putting the family parts to one side, this film is just, I don't even know how to explain it. I don't even have the words. The time and effort that these creators took in order to essentially relay all Colombian aspects and stick them into this film is incredible. And the fact that whilst honing in on all these aspects, they've been able to bring in their own original ideas is... It just blows my mind, honestly. To also add, has anyone realised that Encanto is like one of the only films that shows realistic facial features? And like, reactional features and gestures and that kind of thing? For example, Abuela's ugly crying face. Yeah. And like, Camilo's little clicks that he does, like those ones. Anyways, carrying on. And to show what I mean, here's a clip from Encanto. <laughs> there you are. Look at you. All grown up. Pepe, amor, you're gonna get him all wet. You are mega your papa proud. I don't sound like that. I don't sound like that. Abuela says it's time. We'll be waiting at your door. Okay, okay, bam, bam, bam. Okay, okay, bam, bam, bam. All right, I'm done. And that's why I think that the Oscar award for best animated feature film should go to Encanto. And now for the next Oscar category and possibly one of my favorites, the award for best cinematography. And the nominees are as follows. Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Personal opinion, I don't think I need to say anything. Now, like, don't get me wrong, the cinematography in these films are incredible, but nothing's gonna top Dune. The cinematography regarding Dune is just incredible. I don't even know how to explain it. And the fact that they've managed to create this, like, journey arc with the cinematography is just... Honestly, it's mind-boggling. And for a lot of these scenes within Dune, it's normally based in sandy kind of places so to be able to have variety in a film that's mostly based in a sand environment is like wow but like even if you disregard the ones that are cast in outdoor environments the scenes that are in inside environments and like inside rooms or kitchens or offices or whatever they seem personal and intimate and more like it's supposed to evoke your childhood 
And to give you more of an insight as to what the fuck I'm talking about, here is a scene from Dune. Defiance in the eyes, like his father. Leave us. You must do everything the mother and mother tells you. You dismissed my mother in her own house. Come here, Neil. How dare you use the voice on me? Put your right hand in the box. Your mother bade you obey me. I hold at your neck the gom java. Poison needle. Instant death. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box. And you die. It's no box. Pain. No need to call the guards. Your mother stands behind that door. No one will get past her. Why are you doing this? An animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg to escape. What will you do? And that, dear friends, is why I think that the Oscar award for best cinematography should go to Dune. This is your intermission block, I repeat, this is your intermission block. Pause here so you can replenish your drink and snack pile, take a loo break, or possibly just take a break overall. And I shall see you in the second half of this episode. To those of you who did pause and took your well-deserved break, welcome back. And for those of you who didn't pause, welcome back as well. Picking up from where we left off in the first part of this episode, here is the next Oscar category, the Oscar award for best costume design. And here are the nominees. Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. And for the film I think should win this award, Cruella. That's it. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Oh, to right see you. her is to take a sudden chill. <laughs> Cruella, Cruella. She's like a spider waiting for the kill. Roger, Look she'll out, hear you. Cruella de Vil. Now, regarding this character, we all know that Cruella was originally portrayed as a fashion designer, hence why costume is going to be a big part of this film. But I don't think any of us expected what we were going to see. I can still remember the time of watching this film and Oh my days, did the like montage scene, whoo, those costumes, it was just mwah, 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 perfection. Plus, it did also have the original West End Jamie from Everybody's Talking About Jamie. There's a clock on the wall and it's moving too slow. It's got hours to kill and a lifetime to go. And I'm holding my breath till I hear the last bell. Then I'm coming out Carrying on. Now, it's been said by Jenny Beaven, the costume designer for Cruella, that there was 47 costumes from the start of the film to the end of the film regarding Cruella. And Jenny Beaven has said that the script had so much detail that there was kind of less pressure regarding the costumes, which allowed more creative liberty in regards to Jenny's case due to the fact that 
she knew how the costumes would evolve alongside the characters' arcs and their progress. But my god, the montage scene where it's like red carpet after red carpet after red carpet of all these beautiful gowns is just mwah, perfection. And to show what I mean, here's a clip from the film. Who are you? You look vaguely familiar. I look stunning. I don't know about familiar, darling. Your hair, is it real? Like my ball? I like to make an impact. Right. What was your name? Cruella. Oh. Mm. That's quite fabulous. And you designed this? You did, actually. 1965 collection. Oh, no wonder I love it. It's mine. I fixed it. Oh, Sid. Do. I insist. I'm intrigued. <laughs> and that never happens. And that, people, is why I think that the award for best costume design should go to Cruella. Now on to the next category, the Oscar award for best directing. And the nominees are as follows. Belfast, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. And clearly, my answer is that it's gonna go to West Side Story. Now, as a film fanatic myself, I prefer watching films that I know have certain directors in it. So when the news finally came that Steven Spielberg was gonna be doing West Side, I was stoked. I knew for a fact that this movie would hit all the right spots and it does. Because I know from the countless Spielberg films that I have watched that he will hit all of these marks that I look for in films and he hit them perfectly. He knew exactly how he wanted to portray this film and it worked. It worked out perfectly. And even with the casting, he keeps it very close to home in the sense that he ends up casting people who have been in previous Broadway productions. For example, Ben Cook and Mike Feist, the both of them having done newsies together, with Mike Feist being Oscar Delancey and Ben Cook being Racetrack. Hey, Mike, wait! Hey, step aside! Oh, dear me. What is that unpleasant aroma? I fear the sewers may have backed up during the night. Or could it be... The Delancey Brothers! I also find it really funny how these two have been casted for West Side Story, the film, because though Ben Cook is playing mouthpiece within the film, Ben Cook did play Riff in one of the stage productions of West Side Story, which happens to be Mike Feist's role within the film. So technically, does that mean... I mean, am I wrong? Moving on though. I think also one of the reasons why I think he should win this award is just his accuracy and his attention to detail and like the little nooks and crannies that he fits into his plots and his character arcs and how he makes the film evolve throughout the time of the film is just it's incredible. I don't even know how to explain it. And that is why I think that the award for best directing should go to West Side Story. Now, I'm just gonna quickly whiz through one category, which is the Oscar award for film editing. I'm not even gonna bother saying the nominees, I just think that Don't Look Up should win it. And that therefore be my reason that the award for best film editing should go to Don't Look Up. Now, if we exclude the international film and the 
documentaries. We are left with the next category, the Oscar Award for Makeup and Hairstyling. And the nominees are as follows. Coming to America 2, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Now this bugs me because there are three films within these nominations that I think should win it and I can't seem to pick and it's bugging me. However, if I really had to pick one, I would probably say Coming to America 2. Now, in regards to Coming to America 2, after 33 years of the release of the first film, you're kind of stuck. The reason being that you're now catering for two audiences, the younger generation, who probably know this film due to Eddie Murphy's, you know, fame, and for the fact that their parents probably told them about the first film, and the older generation, who probably know this film because they watched it themselves as kids. So in regards to the hair and makeup, you have to be able to like hone in on aspects from the original film, but also make it pleasing to the new eye. And I think that was done beautifully. And that's why I think that the award for best makeup and hairstyling should go to Coming to America 2. Now we're starting to go into the territory of music, with the next category being the Oscar award for best music original score. And these are the nominees. Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Parallel Dog. Now in my head, I know two that I would love to see win, but if I had to pick one of them, it would probably be Dune. Now, one of the reasons why I like the soundtrack is that it hits quite close to home, with Arabic notes and these sounds that are so Middle Eastern and just remind me of home. Now I find it really ironic because when I was watching this in the cinema with my friend I did literally say to them hey this is so Arabic vibes and I love it and then I come to find out that the actual film was recorded in Jordan so it works. However I do find it slightly cliche because most science fiction slash fantasy films do get recorded in these vast desert plains to make it seem as though they're on a different planet. This soundtrack reminds me of so many beautiful soundtracks that have been out there for the past god knows how many years. One of them being the Prince of Egypt. Just all of the notes and the melodies and the staccato and all of this is just oh my god. But here's the thing, usually with these films that are based on the same location Compared to Dune, the rest are all light as hell. And I think that the soundtrack emphasised this perfectly. Now, in order to help show what I mean, here is a clip from the soundtrack of Dune, specifically called The Gomjabad. And that 
is why I think that the award for best music original soundtrack should go to Dune. Then we have our next category, the Oscar award for best music by an original song. And the nominees are as follows. Be Alive from King Richard. Dos Oreguitas from Encanto. Down to Joy from Belfast. No Time to Die from No Time to Die. And Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Now, in regards to the original song category itself, I was surprised that Encanto put forth Dos Oreguitas instead of We Don't Talk About Bruno. However, personally, I still think Dos Oreguitas is going to end up winning this category. And if it did win, it would be the first song that wasn't written in English to win the category for best music of an original song, like in the history of the Oscars. And not only that, but the song, alongside the actual clip that the song is with, it's just beautiful, honestly, how Abuela's character arc is shown, her backstory is shown in this kind of wholesome yet bittersweet vibe. And to show you what I mean, here is a clip from the song Dos Oreguitas. And that, dearest gentle listeners, is why I think that the award for best music of an original song should go to Dos Oroguitas from Encanto. Now, due to time, I'm going to quickly whisk through the rest and keep one open for discussion. So for both awards for best production design and best sound, I think both should go to West Side Story. And in regards to the Oscar award for best visual effects, I think it should go to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. For the Oscar award for best writing of an adapted screenplay, I think it should go to Dune. And the Oscar award for best writing of an original screenplay, I think it should go to King Richard. Now with all the other categories been whizzed through, we are left with one of the biggest and possibly the best Oscar category. The Oscar award for best picture. And I believe that that should go to West Side Story. And with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked it. Do not forget to follow The Sixth Form Life on Instagram where I will be posting updates on how the podcast is going and also having some interaction with you guys. Again, thank you ever so much for listening and I hope to see you next week tuning in to another episode of The Sixth Form Life. Cheers, bye.